Thank you guys for listening to the All Things Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Julian. I'm here today with EP. We had a great episode. We talked about NFL Week 17, Thursday Night Football. However, before we got into the NBA portion of this show today, unfortunately, we had some technical issues. The episode came to an abrupt ending, but we hope you enjoyed the live stream if you tuned in. If you're tuning in on digital streaming platforms, we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast. I'm your co-host, Small Town EP, coming to you live once again from the chilly city of Atlanta. I'm joined by your host, Mr. Heaton Five himself. See you soon, June. Live from the lively city of New York City, which reminds me, today, Rutgers and uh, Miami squared off Yankee Stadium in a bowl game. Did you feel some flow energy in New York today, June, or was it not the vibes? Nah, it wasn't the vibes, bro. By the way, thank you for the introduction. Uh, thank everybody for listening and joining us. We got a beautiful Thursday. We're going to get into it, but it, you started off on a bad note. I didn't think you was going to come out the gate with <laughs> fresh off of the pinstripe bowl loss for the second time in about five, in about what, six years, 2018, five years, 2018. We, uh, we lost to Wisconsin 35-3. Jonathan Taylor was the MVP in that game. And we lose today to Rutgers. Like, Rutgers? Rutgers? Mm. Do they even have a football team? But <laughs> apparently they do. They beat the Canes. We we were, uh, you know, starting quarterback Ja'Curry Brown. He's what some think is the future of this school. Some of us think we should move on and find a, a, a better option at quarterback. Uh, but in this day and age, obviously that comes with a check. And, you know, you got to have uh, the highest bid if you want the best quarterback or one of the better quarterbacks these days. So um, all in all, just a bit disappointed in the loss. I didn't feel any energy as far as there being a bowl game here today. But, um, yeah, man, it's, it's just it's just a very underwhelming end to a, another under, underwhelming season that we thought we might have more hope we thought we'd have more success this year you know in the second year this mario cristobal era we're still obviously funneling guys out bringing new guys in but you know the product's got to be there you you, something's got to give and and the excuses got to stop the u is back we haven't heard that in a while but you know just to even feel like that is is wrong and it's just like you know you shouldn't you shouldn't uh feel so negative when you think about the hurricanes and unfortunately this is the last you know, kind of uh, taste we get of the Hurricanes for 2023. And I did this last year where we go into the new year. Like, I'm not expect, I'm not, no expectations. I don't think we're going to do great. I don't expect us to go and win a bowl game. And I won't. And I'm not going to until I see it happen. Uh, because clearly, this team is not to be hyped up. This team is not to be um, given some expectation. We just got to go out there and see what kind of product they want to put on the field. Um, yes, James Williams, Cam Kitchens, you know, our, our two defensive players, uh, safeties, our first round picks didn't play because they, they are going for the draft. Tyler Van Dyke quarterback who's transferred out now. Um, it's a different team from, you know, early September. However, um, inexcusable loss to Rutgers, man. You, you Greg Shiano, well-coached team, I got to say, you know, and, and I always have respect for, for a team that's prepared. But when we talk about talent, man, we, we should have definitely took care of that one there. But uh, 
I guess it was uh, it was the field. I don't know if it was the grass or the whatever they got going on in Yankee Stadium. You know, the, the bad vibes over there. So let's just blame the Yankees. How about that? <laughs> Somehow, some way, I knew that if it involved anything that had to do with Yankees, it was going to come up in the conversation. And Yankee Stadium was just a perfect segue for that. But you know where else something has to give? Denver Broncos, the city of Denver. Sean Payton goes ahead and says, hey, listen, Russ, you're going to sit down for the rest of the season and then says, hey, listen, and we're moving forward. We're not moving in your direction anymore. Why are they benching Russell Wilson now? What kind of message does this send to that locker room, Jim? I mean, I think they lost like the last three or four games. Like it's it's been bad in Denver. It's not to it's not a surprise or like, oh my God, how could you bench Russell Wilson? The more concerning thing is that they've got him on this payroll. They're gonna take a huge, you know, chunk of loss financially. Uh, but essentially they'll be out of you know, dealing with a quarterback who is worth that much and only given, you know, uh, $500,000 worth a game. And so I think the big thing here is that Sean Payton had to make a decision, right? And he had to make the best decision for himself. As much as he wants it to be for the Broncos or whatever the case is, he had to make a big decision for himself uh, to kind of, salvage and keep a relationship as happy as possible for the time being he's a new coach his money's guaranteed so at the end of the day if he was to get fired he'd get bought out the contract and he'd be sitting at home with all that money in his in his account um however i think sean payton is a true competitor i would consider him a a, a true competitor and I, i don't think that he wants this to be the remembrance or the end of you know his denver broncos tenure so if it's got to be without Russell Wilson because everything else hasn't worked. So be it. And I think that's where we're at now, where clearly that experiment, it ran its course and it, it didn't do it didn't do too much. But I will say this. Russell Wilson throughout times of the season did struggle mightily last year more. Um, but I think this Denver Broncos team has bigger issues than Russell Wilson's poor, quote unquote, performance. I think that. Their defense started off the season extremely terrible. So, you know, it's it's things like that. No, I totally agree. And I mean it's a proven it's proven that Sean Payton knows how to win. He's won. He is a Super Bowl champion. Don't need to remind you of that now, do I, June? <laughs> you know, and and I think it just sends a message to the locker room, like, look, this is something like you were just saying, something has to give. And we're starting right here. I do want to go back to Sean Payton berating and yelling. I shouldn't say berating because that sounds so childish. But yelling at, at Russell Wilson on the sideline two weeks ago. And now that kind of in hindsight is like, uh, maybe you are fed up with him at this point. Just his, his level of play isn't up to the Sean Payton standard. And, you know, we took his office from him and now we know what? We'll just take his job. How about that? The crazy thing is like, they're just putting reports that they're going to move on from him in March. Like you're going to, you're still a Bronco. <laughs> Excuse me. They bench him. He's going to finish the season with the team, but by March we'll expect to have you out of here. Like that's, that's pretty harsh. And um, it, it sucks because Russell Wilson, I feel like we remember him as one of the best quarterbacks of our generation. You know what I'm saying? And um, he's a guy who came in the league and found success very quickly. Won a Super Bowl, went to another one, should have two. And, 
a lot of that gets forgotten when you when you you know start to struggle and we start to we start to judge based on last week or last year and whether that's right or wrong i do think you brought up a good point where sean payton was kind of just tired of his shit right uh and i think I think losing to the Patriots just had to be the nail in the coffin, right? Like getting outscored by this New England offense. No. Playoff hopes, you know, went out the window. Not to say they were great. There were great chances, but uh, they definitely did have a chance and they definitely kept themselves alive. But it's also like Russell Wilson got them to this point as well, you know? So just a bit confusing. Again, I think that this team in Denver has more fish to fry than just Russell Wilson. Um, because now what do they do at quarterback? Jared Stidham is going to start this week. I'm not going to tell you that he's going to do worse or better. However, I just know that Jared Stidham is behind Russell Wilson this season because he was backup, not starter material for this Denver Broncos team. So it's just a bit confusing. I, I They have a quarterback problem again, big hole, you know, they're, Seven and eight, so they're not going to get a top, you know, top 10, top five pick. You just got to wonder where they go from here and how Sean Payton uh, kind of maneuvers through the rest of this season, going into the offseason, leading up into 2024-25 season. Yeah, I mean, the, the Broncos, they started, what was it, one and five, one and five straight. It seemed like Russell might have knew what was going on, was buying into the system, as they say, was figuring it out, and then going one and three these last three games in the fashion that they did. And you can't really credit those five wins too much to the offense. It was that defense that was handling business for them. We'll stay in the AFC West. Kansas City drops another one this week. Divisional loss against your Pops team. Shout out to your Pops, the Raiders. I saw the meme you sent me. That's your pop sent in the group chat. Funny, funny. Ha, 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 The kid got the Kansas City Chiefs jersey for Christmas. <laughs> Jamar Chase, Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, they play this weekend, the Chiefs and the Bengals. Jamar Chase had a couple of things to say this week uh, ahead of the game. When he mentioned a couple of things along the lines of the Chiefs don't have a lockdown cornerback like, you know, Jalen Ramsey in Miami and that Brian Cook isn't better than the Atlanta Falcons' Jesse Bates III, who played in Cincinnati for a while, says he loves adding fire to the fuel or fuel to the fire, other way around. He hopes they put this on this put this on their lockers. Last year we talked a lot about bulletin board material, and it seemed to work. This year, the bulletin board material is a little more harsh, and it doesn't seem to be working. Three and five in the last eight for Kansas City after starting the season six and one. It's rough out here. Mahomes is frustrated. He's yelling at receivers. He's yelling at his coach. He's has the poorest body language I've ever seen Mahomes had in his tenure at Kansas City. How bad is this June? Because you've always said, eh, you guys will figure it out. You guys will figure it out. And it doesn't seem like we're figuring it out. So it's a time to walk those figuring it out comments back, June. At the end of the day, man, I, look, we're in week 17 of the season. It's not about figure. It's it's about putting up or shut up. The Kansas City Chiefs have struggled, you know what I'm saying, at this point of the season. So there's no there's no way around it. They have to win this game. They have to win this game. Um, you know, they – they. Uh, by the way, I want to point out, you asked me last week 
or the week before about Antonio Pierce and if the Raiders should give him like, you know, any type of uh, extra credit at the at the chance of being the new head coach permanently. And with this win, I'll say I changed my answer because it wasn't no. It wasn't like no. They everybody gets a fair shot. I think Antonio Pierce deserves his fair share at at getting the head coaching spot, but seeing how he was able to go through that game last week and just the guys rally behind him and the respect he has in that locker room and the culture change, like him saying, like, let's go light our shit and smoke our shit now. Like, you know, talk your shit and smoke your shit. And it's like little things like that have changed so much in that locker room for these guys and giving them more hope, giving them more something, something more to play for somebody to play harder for. And so, um, I think you do have to give him a little edge when it comes to the new coaching search because you've already seen in this short span of time, maybe a month and a half, what he's been able to do, you know, for your organization. That's just on the Raiders tip. But as far as Kansas City, man, Kansas City and both uh both Cincinnati need this game, right? This is a playoff game for both teams. And the reason Cincinnati needs it more is because excuse me. Well, Cincinnati needs it more because they're out of the playoffs. You know what I mean? However, Kansas City looks like they're going to play a road game. Uh, oh, no, they're not because they're a division winner. So, all right. The the, <laughs> the Bengals definitely need this game more. However, um, seeing Kansas City go out the way they did against the Raiders and struggle offensively and then, you know, them be, maybe putting up that type of performance again this week would be extremely concerning. I think Kansas City takes care of business, though. That defense is some of the best in the business, and Jake Browning, as good as he's been, uh, we'll, we'll see a little bit of that. Okay, he is a backup quarterback this week, uh, in in my opinion. You know me. I like to be negative, Nancy. I like to play devil's advocate. It, it, I don't think it's looked this bad in a while. Travis Kelsey being, you know, holding himself and his teammates accountable on his uh, Newer Heights podcast this week and just says everybody has to do their fucking job. Um, it's it's refreshing to hear that out of out of one of our leaders, you know. I don't know what's going on in the locker room. I mean, we're, we have the most drops in the NFL. We're sixth in turnovers. Uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. It's amazing that, honestly, we're still, and we, of course, I'm the resident Chiefs fan, we're still number one on top of the AFC West. And it's like, it's, it's, I kind of feel like basketball right now where I have a foul to give, like, out of these last two. But I, I don't need, I don't feel the need that, to use that foul. And I need to keep that shit in, in the tuck until next season. Because at this point, we got to win out. This needs, these last two games need to be a statement game against the Bengals, which, you know, arch AFC rival and a divisional game against a little hatless Chargers <laughs> with, if I'm not mistaken, another backup quarterback as well. <sighs> this week we saw Miami do it, man. We saw Miami do it. They beat Dallas at home. Dallas falls on the road once again. Nothing new, but very impressive win by Miami, and now they're tied in a first-place battle with Baltimore, who they play this week first place battle here i don't think that there's any need to say that the baltimore ravens 
Lamar Jackson and company will more than likely be representing the AFC in the Super Bowl this year because there is everyone was saying we don't see a team beating San Fran. They're on a revenge tour. Look at San Fran. And we saw this weekend Baltimore handedly handled San Francisco. And the tweets of don't you ever say Brock Purdy's better than Lamar Jackson were flying around Twitter, which I loved. I'm here for. How do you see this first place battle playing out this week, June? Because I think this is game of the week, if I'm not mistaken. Definitely game of the week right here. You know, last week, game of the week. We, As far as quality was the Dolphins-Cowboys game. We thought it would be the Super Bowl preview, but, I mean, Brock Purdy going out there and throwing four interceptions against that number one defense. Man, that defense is legitimate. And... I think that the 49ers, so let me gather my thoughts here because there's a lot There's a lot to unpack. I know we're talking about Baltimore, Miami. Stay with me, take a walk. In that game versus San Francisco, Brock Purdy never gave the 49ers a chance to win the game. I mean, whether it was a tipped interception, whether he threw it right to the guy, whether the defender, defender made a great play, he had zero touchdowns and four interceptions. Sam Darnold had to come in. He threw another interception. So five total turnovers versus that number one defense. And you have to question whether Kyle Shanahan didn't open up the offense as far as attacking the field more vertically because he didn't want to put Brock Purdy in a position he's uncomfortable in, or if he didn't trust him to not throw another interception. I don't know which of the two the decision was, and I'm not going to just sit here and, and assume it. You know, it could be either of. <clears throat> I say all that to say that Dolphins offense struggled to score touchdowns, and they're typically really, really good in the red zone. However, I mean, Mike McDaniel had some questionable play calls in that game. But nonetheless, that Cowboys defense was able to hold them out as much as they could. And if we're talking about a top five, number one across the board defense in the Ravens going against this Tyreek Hill MVP season having Tua Tugavailoa, you know, all pro kind of quarterback having season. This is this is going to be potentially the game of the year right here. Like, what an explosive offense and what a great defense. Um, obviously, Lamar Jackson on his end of the ball, he's going to have to hold up his end of the bargain and and get some done on the run. He's going to have to get some 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 passes completed through the air for a few touchdowns for this team to win. But um, I'm just going to be interested to see what the game plan is for the Dolphins knowing what type of defense they're going up against in Baltimore. Um, Mike McDaniel, I'll never, you know, I'll never doubt his talent. I'll never be surprised at something he does during a game because that he kind of has that, you know, uh, unorthodox style to him. But in a game like this where you're battling for first place in the conference and you want to be you know, precise with what you got going. 
I don't know how much you want to risk things. I don't know how much new shit you want to try. I don't know how tricky you want to be. But the thing about McDaniel and Tua is that whether they're being a little tricky, everything they do is with full confidence. And they understand that they have the ability to do whatever it they're set out to do. Whatever they tell themselves they're going to do, they do have that ability. So I have to give that respect there. Um, if you ask me, I think Baltimore wins this game. Miami did beat a good team. I, I want to let you know, EP, I got DM'd a couple times. A couple friends hit me up, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. And look, I'm not I'm not a Dolphins hater. I'm not mad that they won. I'm not mad that they're at a 11 and 4 record, you know, and we going into week 17. The Dolphins haven't experienced that in a while. I'm glad for them. They beat a team over 500 for the first time all season and it came to be against the team who has been playing lights out at home. Now, we got into this conversation on the in, in the group chat, and it's kind of like neither here nor there because they won the game, and it's not to discount a win. Um, it's just to say, hey, that was your first test at beating a very good team over 500. You guys were able to do that at home. It's now the end of the year. We'll be, you know, December 31st. Damn near January, New Year's Eve vibes on Sunday. You're going to be on the road in the cold against the best team in the league. It's just a test. It's just another test. I'm not here to tell you the Dolphins are going to fail that test. I'm not here to tell you the Dolphins are going to pass it. I do think that they're going to lose the game, but I think they'll have a valiant effort. I think that, you know, we'll see a lot of promising things coming out of that to where you say, you know what? That AFC's got some dogs in it. That AFC's got Miami. You don't want to play them. They've got Baltimore. You don't want to play them. Obviously, Kansas City's a team that you don't want to play regardless. You know, like, I don't think we're going to come out of this game like, man, the Dolphins, man, it's the same old fucking Dolphins. Man. No, I don't, I don't think so. So, that being said, shout to Miami, but that number one defense, man, that number one defense is looking crazy right now. EP, I'll tell you this. I did say I think this is going to be a top three defense and a top five offense. I'm not sure where their offense ranks in the league right now. I know that their defense is one across the board, and their offense plays like a, a, a top five offense week in and week out. This is what I thought the Ravens were going to be this season. This is what I thought. And guess whose name is toward the top of the MVP You know, talk now? Lamar Jackson. And I, I kind of said this. I kind of said this. If they do have a top five defense, top three defense, top five offense, Lamar's going to be in that talk for that MVP. So I'm just happy the Ravens are here where they are. Hopefully they can translate this 12 and three, you know, to 13 and three, 14 and three or whatever the case, and then do that in the playoffs. Like I, I want to see this team uh, prosper in the playoffs this year, um, unless they're playing the Colts. Yeah, definitely. I mean, huge shout out to Tua and Mike McDaniel for her, the way that they managed that game. It wasn't always pretty during, you know, those 60 minutes of football, but their game management skills and like you said, their confidence in everything that they do above everything else. I mean, it's it's really just it's immaculate. I love Tua's attitude in, in media press where he's like, look, whatever you guys say about me, it's right. I'm not I'm not good when when Tyreek's not on the field. I'm not good when Jalen Wallace is not on the field. Whatever you want to say, say it. That's cool, and you're right. 
I'm just going to go out on Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays, whenever my, whenever my number's called, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do my job and I'm going to make sure that I put my team in the best possible exactly. scenario to win the game, right? But what we've seen from this Ravens team this year, I mean, MVP front by Lamar Jackson, like you just said, and their defense, their tenacity, their, their get-me-that-ball attitude, it's uh, – Again, two out of Miami's four losses have come on the road in places where it is colder, one of them being Buffalo, beginning of October, weather wasn't too bad, and then Philly more recently in the last couple of weeks, once in Germany, um, and then that home loss to to the Titans. So it does seem like, again, this is going to be one of those something's got to give type of situations, and it's come down. it's going to come down to who makes a mistake, and... If you're asking me who's going to make a mistake first between the Ravens and the Dolphins, I'm going to say the Dolphins probably nine times out of ten. And I think it's going to come down to some cues, a miscue, something like that, that's going to decide this game. I would, I do have Baltimore. They are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home, which, again, is just saying that they're half a point better than Miami. It's going to be a good game. Three-and-a-half as a better is a tricky line. Mm, I might take the points with Miami plus three and a half. Maybe buy it, buy it down, buy it down to you know, little tutty. Put it in a, put it in a parlay if you may. But it's gonna be a good game. I think it's gonna be a close one. I would say this this game is probably decided by two three points. I think Miami understands what's on the line here, and so does obviously the Ravens have understood the assignment the entire year, you know. Um, but Miami does also understand what's 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 at stake here and. Coming down to Miami to High Rock Stadium where that sun is beaming, you know, whether it's January, December, October, June, the away side gets that gets that gets it gets the sunlight worse and it's not a it's, Hey, it's, it's gonna be good day. day. It's gonna be good day in Baltimore though. <laughs> It'll be a good thing that they're in Baltimore. Sam Howell also benched in Washington this week. Um, Ron Rivera saying that it's for his development, you know, they don't like what they're seeing. He also kind of, you know, Kind of give him a little escape. It was like, look, he's played a lot of football this year. He's played a lot of, you know, tough football this year. So maybe he just needs to kind of, you know, take a step back. Stop getting sacked. <laughs> leads the league. I think it's like 60 sacks through 17 weeks now, if I'm not mistaken. That's what Coach Rivera is talking about. He's, he's saying, listen, the kid needs a break, all right? <laughs> the kid the kid is banged up, all right? And, uh, and you saw last week. I mean, last week was was – Last week was just to forget, as if you're a Commanders fan, uh, you know, you kind of let that come back on the Jets. You let the Jets offense put up 30 points on you. I mean, Sam Howell, yeah. Just, how, just enjoy. No, enjoy, enjoy, the new, enjoy the new year, all right? <laughs> you be with your family, all right? Especially coming against what's probably going to be more than likely a pissed-off San Francisco 49ers defense. You see Nick Boza and Chase Young over there. They're trying to kill that quarterback. <laughs> the funny thing about this, and Ron Rivera framing it as, you know, for his development, is that Ron Rivera and most of that staff is not going to be there next year. So I don't know what kind of confidence you're trying to instill into your uh, into your backup quarterback at this point that you're sitting. And he also said, "Hey, look, this is a week to week basis. He might start the week after. We don't know, you know." Like, this- listen, man, they got the Cowboys <laughs> that week after. They ain't Sam Howell could stay. 
he can stay on the bench. Look, Jacoby Brissett, he's a guy that a guys will rally behind and play hard for. Um, I could see, I could, nah, 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 they're not beating the Cowboys or the or the 49ers. <laughs> I could see, I could see is crazy. Yo, let's talk about let's talk about Saturday though. Saturday before you know, before that, before that uh Bengals KC game, before that Dolphins Ravens game, we got Lions at Cowboys and if this if this season just kind of continues on the path that it's been on, the Cowboys are going to ball out, right? And Dak Prescott's going to solidify his MVP credential uh, on Saturday night in prime time versus the third best team, arguably third or fourth best team. I'd say uh, the third best team in the NFC. And those Detroit Lions are going to come to town knowing that, hey, this is a Cowboys team who plays their best football when they're in AT&T Stadium. And we are going to have to go into their house and possibly have to do this later on in the playoffs um, if the Cowboys win the NFC East. You know what I'm saying? So this is a great test for the Lions, I think. There's going to be a great atmosphere at AT&T Stadium. The crowd is going to be rocking. It's a primetime Saturday game, New Year's, the day before New Year's Eve. Um, and a lot of these guys in Detroit, as much as they're playing as well as they are, haven't been on that stage, haven't made it. The Lions just won their division for the first time since however long ago. So shout out to the Lions and Dan, you know, Dan Campbell for, for being able to lead those guys to this. Dan Campbell was on that 0-16 Lions team in 2008. Uh, so this has got to be like full circle moment for him. He's got to be loving this opportunity that's, you know, in front of him. But I think that he understands that, yeah, tonight or Saturday night is a huge, huge opportunity for their team to understand what it's going to be like in that playoff setting where every play is critical, every situation matters, and you're not going to be able to get it back once it's done. So make sure you leave it all out there. Um, I'm excited for that game right there. I do think the Cowboys win. Again, based on what I see on paper, when they're at home, you can't beat them. When they're on the road, it, it, they might they might be, you know, not even a playoff team. Sometimes they, they come with their playoff boots on. Sometimes they can't get a win. So um, being as though they are at home, I do take the Cowboys Saturday night primetime uh, over the Lions. And the Cowboys would be extending a 15, 15 home game winning streak to 16 if it does play out how you see it playing out. I mean, things some keys to the game for me, the Cowboys are going to have to stop the the run, honestly. That's going to be probably Detroit's way of staying in this game. If they're able to stay in this game, will be through the run game. Cowboys are 19th in defense as far as run defense is concerned. And <sighs> Detroit's not to stop that man by the name of C.D. Lamb, all right, because the guy's on a mission. I think he has three catches. I mean, three catches to break – Michael Irvin's pro football Hall of Famer, Broward County native, went to Piper High School just like you did, June. I don't know if you were aware of that before he went to St. Thomas, but he went to Piper High School. All right. Um, break his single-season catch record at 111, if I'm not mistaken. So he has three catches for that. And, I mean, Cowboys just another pissed-off team more than likely coming off that loss where you know game management and and mistakes were really the the 
the key points in the game. So they, they're going to be coming out with a fire lit under their bums, as they say. And I do see the Cowboys pulling this off. But the six and a half point line, I don't know. I might take that plus six with Detroit. I think it's a bit of a closer game than that. Yeah, that's, that sounds a little disrespectful right there. Touchdown? Uh, I don't know about that one. You know what I'm saying? You got anything else in the NFL before we move on to the NBA, man? Can Baker maybe listen? Oh, facts. I thought Jordan Love and the and the Packers were going to go undefeated in December. Baker Mayfield and this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. I mean, this guy is balling right now. He is putting a franchise on his back. He's got Mike Evans over there helping him out and a good defense tearing the ball over and and putting fear in quarterbacks' hearts. I got to give credit to Tampa. And I do think they win this game at home against the Saints this week to solidify their NFC South championship. I think they'll have to, you know, play week 18 regardless and get a win to to really solidify. But this will be a big game that sets them apart from the Saints. Um, and with how the Bucs have been playing week in and week out for the last month, I, I don't see a, I don't see a way that the, the Derek Carr hated in New Orleans led Saints can beat this team. So um, I just kind of want to shout out to Baker Mayfield and, and give credit to what he's been able to do as a quarterback. Again, the Browns really gave up on this guy and signed Deshaun Watson, gave him all that money, and he's not even their quarterback going into the playoffs right now. It's Joe Flacco, who's also who's also balling right now. And I got to you know, shout out my guy, Amari Cooper, you know what I'm saying? South Florida native, uh, going and, and getting a franchise record for receiving yards in a game. He had 11 catches for like 265, two touchdowns, something like that. So shout out to Coop. But yeah, man, Joe Flacco and uh, and Baker Mayfield. Joe Flacco got the Jets tonight in Cleveland at home. So he's got a chance to continue his his little story that he's got going on. But uh, shout out to those guys. I I, I know that. Cleveland feels it a little bit when they look at Baker Mayfield balling like that. They got to be like, we could have gave him the cheap deal. We could have had some other guys sign. It is what it is, though. Yeah, Baker looks like he's having fun. You mentioned earlier in reference to Russell Wilson playing, getting all that money, but playing like $500,000. If if Joe Fackle is paying like he's playing for $500,000, I bet that's the $500,000 type of play that Sean Payton wants up in Denver. We'll take that if that's, we'll pay you that much if that's the way you're going to be playing. But yeah, man, Baker looks like he's having fun. Again, like you said on the last episode, Mike Evans is down there. So I'm sure he plays with a little more confidence, you know, under center with a guy by the name of Mike Evans running down the sideline for him, looking for his every throw. I don't think there was any other games that we wanted to go over, right? Uh, no, I mentioned Packers Vikings. They're both seven and eight on the outside of the playoffs, looking in in the NFC. I mean, a win for either one of those teams is going to do insurmountable, is going to have insurmountable benefits for their record on the season. How do you see that one playing out before we move on to the to the, to the the hard court? I think um, it's just to me, you know, that backup quarterback situation they got going on with Nick Mullins and 